Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello and welcome to all our West Australian football fans listening on where you get your podcasts and on the Backchat YouTube channel to another great edition of Around the Waffle. We're on the verge of round five and what a big round it is going to be. Four games on Saturday, one on Sunday. But on today's show, not only previewing all five games, we have got a very special guest that will be joining us a little later, a little later on. You, We uh, mentioned him to you on Tuesday, Mil- Milan Murdoch from the East Fremantle Football Club. He's going to join us a little later on. But joining me to start things off, uh, Regular co-host Taylor Cowper. Taylor, welcome. Paul, how are you? Going well. Another big round of footy. Yeah, huge round of footy. Um, oh, well, just between you and me, we, we were at uh, Curtin yesterday watching a game of basketball. That was unbelievable. Well, oh. we're not a basketball player. We won't talk about that, but uh, good to see you. This is the third time I've seen you this week. It's just third too much. Time. Too oh, much. come on. Well, as if one, once is not enough. Oh, well, I would say twice is enough. <laughs> <laughs> but now three times, we've up the ante. Yeah, no, but huge round of footy. There's a lot to talk about. We've got Milan, obviously, coming on a little bit later on too. Uh, only a couple of minutes away, but yeah, massive round of footy and some cracker games coming up. Four out of the five games, very tough to pick. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But just before we have Milan Murdoch join us a little later on, there's been a bit of a rumour floating around Perth Radio mm. from the South Fremantle salary cap breach that is yeah. still being talked about months after. After the penalty was announced, $25,000 fine and eight premiership points being docked, that it looks like the CEO, who's now left the club, may have been the, the no, alleged no, scapegoat. No, no, no. Um, Cam Britt's the CEO there. Okay. Um, it was Marty Atkins, uh, and, and this is all rumour and speculation. I heard on 6PR this morning, that, and I've been trying to call some people and find out some information, but there was a rumour on 6PR from Mark Reddings just saying that uh, Marty Atkins, who was a part of women's football and community and a whole range of other things down there at South Fremantle, has been made out to be a bit of the scapegoat for this situation. And I'm not sure if it's true. It's only a rumour at this point of view, uh, at this point, but... For an official to leave a club halfway through, uh, you know, two or three rounds into the season. Yeah, not even halfway through. Is is really odd. So that just raises a few speculations. There's a lot of rumours about it on 6PR this morning. Don't know if it's true or not. Have literally no idea. But just something that's going around the waffle at the moment. But it is unusual to see an official leave literally two or three rounds into the season. It's very, very odd considering that, like you said, we're only a month into the season and the aftermath is still being felt over there at uh, South Fremantle, given that they've been one of the prime contenders for the Premiership, but also what has gone on off the field with this salary yeah. cap breach. Yeah, it still, still boggles the mind, like two or three months after the punishments were announced. Well, we knew it would be something that we're going to talk about for a while because, like, like at the moment, they're still still effectively haven't really won a game, if you're talking about points on the on the ladder. But, yeah, another tough weekend for them against Subiaco at Leaderville Oval. So hopefully they get their first points on the board. But just a really unusual story. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Of course, Marty Atkins uh, at South Fremantle until uh, April of this year. But, now, yeah, just want to clear, it wasn't the CEO. Mm. It was uh, Obviously, it's, I've just got it right here in front of me. Uh, Marty Atkins, he was the manager of community and female football. Right. 
community and female football. That's right. Uh, still, it's mm. it's quite odd for for him for a figure like him to to leave the club. Just after something a short that caught time. my attention, and someone who was obviously a great. Uh, he was the Premiership football manager for them in 2020 and 2005. He was a Simpson medalist, so a a great of the game, a great of South Fremantle. Just seems a bit unusual. Yeah, he was a games record holder there yeah, at South too. Fremantle as well. Now, speaking of Fremantle, we're going to go to the other side of town. This is our round five preview. Taylor Cowper and Paul Persick here on Around the Waffle. And that's where we find our first special guest of season 2023. He's been catching everybody's eye in the first four rounds of the season. He's averaged 30 possessions in the first four games of the season and is an early favourite for the Sandover medal. He wears the number one for East Fremantle, Milan Murdoch. He joins us on Around the Waffle. Milan, welcome to the show. Great to have you here, mate. Hi, mate. Thank you. Great to have you on the show. Tell me, first of all, where did the Buddha nickname come from? Um, When I was born I was pretty I was pretty fat I think and my auntie just started calling me Buddha and yeah that got around and now it's stuck. Well you um, can you can say thanks to uh Russell there he's actually messaging he's the uh the water carrier for you guys at the Sharks has just sent me a message you wanted a shout out as well so we've done that as well. Milan great start to the season for you and, and also to the Sharks as well. Talk us through it. Yeah um yeah I think we've had a pretty good start. We haven't versed any of the really top tier teams yet really um but i think yeah pretty happy where we're at we're still yeah i guess getting there um it's been hard with so many new forwards and mids coming through with harry marsh tom joy and we've had dion o'reilly on the track hugh dixon's back so i think once we start yelling a bit better we're going to be playing some good footy so it's exciting but also you you mentioned that you haven't uh, played against those top teams as of yet that first uh, challenge is going to be against West Perth at the Wacker on Saturday you've played some great games against the Falcons very close encounters the last three how how do you see this game uh, panning out especially from the Sharks point of view when you know a lot of people have said that the Sharks haven't really hit their straps completely so far this season Uh, yeah I I trust we're going to be good Um, we've trained well this week we're just we can't wait to take on West Perth. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited. It's going to be a good game. What about the four quarters of footy? Something that I know that Bill's been talking about a lot, Milan, obviously, against West Coast a couple of weeks ago. The third quarter wasn't where oh, the coaching staff or the players probably would have wanted it to be. Last weekend against Perth as well, the second quarter was pretty poor. You're only headed in by one point in the, uh, the halftime break there. Is that something that you're going to try and really put together this week? Has there been an emphasis around the club? Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, we, we know with, with West Perth because they're such a strong team. If we don't show up in that in that one quarter of a game, they will really get on top and dominate us. So we've we've learnt that and we're going to come out strong for four quarters this weekend. The experience um, of playing on the Wacker just quickly as well must be pretty good for you and your side. It's a, it's a nice turf and plenty of scoring opportunities. What's it like playing there? Oh, yeah, we love the Wacker. Um, I think it's perfect for our game. Quick forward movement, um, getting inside 50. We've got such dominant tall forwards down there. So get it deep, back in market, and kick goals. What was, um, it, what was it like, actually, at the, the Wacker last week? And I saw that um, it, it looked – obviously, it's a cricket ground, first and yeah. foremost, but it was really seemed really hard. And, and I reckon every single time a player actually ran and left the ground, we saw Stan, Stan getting kicked up off the ground. What, what was that like from your point of view? Yeah, it was. It's a pretty pretty hard deck. Um, we always have players coming off with cuts over our knees and that. Um, but it's yeah, I guess it's still it's still um, 
the grass is growing back a bit. It's still such a hard deck, but yeah, really. <laughs> what about uh, playing under, under Billy Monaghan, who's such a, a very well-prepared coach, studies his opponents in such great detail, and he's really brought the best out of a lot of players, not just yourself, Jonathan Marsh, who came back in the side last week, but also uh, Cody Leggett, also back, and Luke English, who you play in tandem with in midfield so well. Uh, yeah, Bill's been awesome since came to the club, obviously. Um, yeah, it's been four years, and we've already made a prelim final, so... He's been great for me myself as well for my football. Um, and, yeah, people, him and Brad Zod have been able to bring in to our team. It's really helped us to make us the team we are today. And you talk about your individual footy, Milan. You've, you've had a fantastic start of the season, been rewarded, of course, with being in that, that extended WA State side. Congratulations. We'll ask you about that in a second as well. But, yeah, you've just really you, – you, you've found your form early stages of this year. Actually, uh, you know, the, there's the sand over, there's all that kind of stuff. But the one you really want to win is the one on Waffle On as well. You're actually at the top of our leaderboard for Player of the Year. But talk to us about that State side. That must, that must feel great to be a part of that side, and and to have a few of your Sharks teammates there as well. Yeah, oh, I love it. It's, it's such an awesome experience already, being able to train with just the best in the comp and having Marshy, Cam, Baskers and um, Juppie there, obviously. It's good to have those boys. And I've also got Jack Fuller, one of my close mates that I went to school with, having trained with him since school footy. So I just love it. It's an awesome experience. Everyone down there is really good. The experience of state football compared to playing club football, how, how different is that? The obvious that can be, you know, there's a lot of lot of atmosphere, there's a lot of uh, pride representing your state. What's it like from within? And who are the big egos? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> um, yeah, it's obviously, it's a, we haven't done any, really any main sessions. We've just been going through the zones and bits and that. Um, so it's hard to see, but... Um, it, yeah, it is a level up, obviously, with the best players in the comp and everyone wants to prove themselves early. Um, so, yeah, it's just yeah, it's a great experience, as yeah. I said. Milan, bef- Milan, before we let you go, I really want to talk about this one because, obviously, I'm a, I'm a Sharks man myself. Saw you play last week, and I'll be there on Saturday as well watching you take on West Perth. Hopefully, you uh, get the points from me in that one. Just don't want to preempt my tips. But <laughs> what I want to say, Milan, is you've obviously got, in a couple of weeks' time, you've got the Derby. This might be the last time, Paul, we get to chat to a Eastern Mantle player before the Derby comes up. Is there anything – I know it's 15 on the trot now. It's got to be talked about in the club between the players, coaching staff. I know at a board level they talk about it as well. Um, what, what, what does that mean to you guys as a playing group to actually try and finally, if you can, on WA Day, get that derby win? Um, we don't really – yeah, we don't really look at the losses, to be honest. We haven't actually really talked about that because our focus is obviously winning the next derby. Um, so if we focus on the negatives, we're not going to be getting very far. So we just – yeah, we look forward to the challenge and we're confident we can beat them this year. Is there so much, I can't wait for that game. Is there much talk internally about, like obviously it's a massive rivalry that goes back decades, you know, it's the start of the century. Is, yeah. it, is, there any, is there any talk in the club about how much that means to, you know, your fans, your yeah. members, your supporters especially, and yeah, players? Yeah, especially for, um, for the locals like me and Cam and uh, a few other boys. It, it means a lot to us growing up in Frio and growing up in East Romano. So it's, yeah, it's a massive game for us, especially. And then those that have come over from other clubs, they they know what it feels like as well. So just to win to win this derby was just 
it meant a lot to us all. Can't yeah. wait for that game yeah. at the start of June. And we can't wait for this one on Saturday. Milan, thank you very much for your time here on Around the Waffle. All the best on Saturday against West Perth at the Wacker. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Milan. That was Milan Murdoch from the East Fremantle Football Club. Fantastic start to the season from Malak. And you, Milan, Malak, Milan, <laughs> and you spoke about, obviously, Paul, um, that Fremantle midfield, East Fremantle midfield at the moment. They're really coming in their straps, and you've got Udley and Jupp in your back line. They're just, they've got some really good players in some really good spots that, that oh, I can see them going pretty far this year. And that complements the forward line that uh, they're starting to get back, you know, and that's the complete picture. You know, Cody Leggett back, yep. John O'Marsh back, who kicked three goals, and it's it's going to be a strong side in the second half of the season, especially when the likes of Blaine Bokehurst comes back as well late in the season. That's when really the stars align for us. Yeah, and it's good to see him around the club as well. He's obviously been at all the games as well. But when you chuck someone with with his calibre into that midfield too, obviously Sandover medalist and AFL uh, played in the AFL too, he, he is someone I know that they can't wait to get back if he does get back. Oh, fingers crossed yeah. that he does. But uh, all the best to Milan and East Fremantle at the Wacker on Saturday. This is our Round 5 preview. Tyler Cowper and Paul Persick here on Around the Waffle. All right, let's get to the game previews, TC. First up, and this is a big one, Claremont and East Perth at Rebo Fitness Stadium on Saturday. Yeah, well, Claremont have won the last five games against East Perth at Claremont Oval by a lot. They haven't won by under four goals. So it it is going to be hard for East Perth to travel there and get the win against these two sides. Uh, Claremont, obviously, number two in disposals. Mark's number number three, sorry. They use the ball so well. Uh, and so to East Perth so far this season as well. It's going to be a really, really tough game to pick. Obviously, 2-10 at Revo Fitness Stadium. Um, we'll go through our tips shortly, but yeah, it, it's just not getting easier to make tips in the waffle. At no, home. not at all, especially with uh, the round that we've got here. And, and this game in particular, it's going to be one in the midfield. I mean, you look at the likes of Rogers, Bolton for Claremont, Schumacher, uh, Crowden and Brayshaw for East Perth, star-studded midfields who get get first to the football and use it so well. Yeah. That's where the game is going to be won. Yep, and obviously this is where it's going to pull the difference between the two. They both sit three and one. They're both up the top end of the ladder. Both teams looking to play finals at the end of the year. So this is where it's make or break for both of these sides, especially for East Perth, who we've kind of spoken about a little bit. Can they sustain their form throughout the whole waffle competition? This is a game early in the season that is very winnable for them at Claremont Oval. Big test, the first yeah. real big test of the season. And also another big question, will Jack Buller return? Of course, he missed last Sunday yeah. against the West Coast Eagles with injury. Will he return against East Perth? Well, I hope so. Because he's, he's a player that a lot of AFL clubs will be looking at, especially in that mid-season draft, if they want to get someone who's got a bit of height, who can kick a couple of goals a game, who can create some opportunities up forward. Also, when it comes to bringing the ball down to ground as well for some of those smaller forwards. So hopefully from a Claremont point of view and hopefully for Jack Buller's point of view, because I know that if he wants to take his footy the next step, he's got to be playing footy. And if he does play yeah. and puts in a big performance, that mid-season draft come a-calling and uh, maybe Fremantle or West Coast will uh, will make the most of the opportunity. Who wins? Uh, well, well, we're going to win our tips now. Uh, for me, I am going to go Claremont purely because it's at home. What about yourself? I'm saying East Perth. Okay. I'm saying East Perth to uh, have a rare uh, win over at uh, Revo Fitness Stadium. Like you said, Claremont have won the last five games over there. They haven't won since 2017. So, long time. 
But uh, yeah. yeah, East Perth for me by about a couple of goals. It'll be right. an absolute cracker. Speaking of crackers, of course, we just spoke to Milan Murdoch earlier about this game. East Fremantle versus West Perth at the Wacker. I'm going to be at this one doing the call for the AFL app. This one's going to be a beauty. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about this one as well too, Paul. Uh, just looking at the other games and not preempting them, I, I do reckon that this one is one of the oh, the game of the round and, and it is going to be a hard one to tip. In this one, does someone laugh at me? I always say the game of the round, don't I? <laughs> but uh, no, I do think this is going to be an absolute cracker game. The, uh, West Perth obviously coming off a loss last weekend to Subiaco. And without Aaron Black. Without Aaron Black as well. Um, East Fremantle, they've just been playing extremely well. Number one in disposals at the moment. Tackles their pressures there as well. Hit outs in, in their midfield, getting used, first use of the footies, an area where they can really lift at the moment as well. But, you know, they are playing extremely good footy. And, and the, the stat that stands out to me, Paul, and we can chat about it if you want, inside 50s per goal, uh, number three in the competition. So when they're getting it inside their forward 50, actually, man, when you've got players like John O'Marty, you, you talked about Cody Leggett before as well. When they're getting the ball in there, you're using it extremely well and they're scoring. So, On the other side of the coin, yeah. West Perth, inside 50s per goal, they're ranked number one. Yeah. So even without Aaron Black, you have the likes of Luke Meadows, even uh, you've got um, Tristan Hobley can yep. play a little bit of midfield as well. Shane Nelson, who uh, came back into form a couple of weeks ago against Swan Districts. And you've got those forwards in Knott and Kytel who have been up and down in form this season and not, of course, still missing a couple of weeks with uh, a hamstring injury, uh, an ankle injury, I should say, yeah. after that game in round three. They've still got enough enough depth yeah. up forward to take it up to East Fremantle. But it is going to be tough, especially yeah. at the Wacker, because the Sharks are hard to beat over there. They've and, only lost twice. And, you know, they're a mature side. Oh, yeah. Um, West Perth as well. So it's interesting that they're, they're ranked first in inside 50s per goal. Uh, I know, obviously, you can't argue the stats, but last week they didn't get it in there very often. So mm. it just says that when they did get it in, they were scoring. So it's a good stat to have, especially if you lost the game against Subiaco um, at home. So, yeah, it will be a really interesting game, this one. It'll be an absolute cracker. Who wins? <laughs> You've got your heart and your head to deal with. You've got your yeah. heart and your head to deal with. I'm going to go East Frio at the Wacker. I'm going to say East yeah. Fremantle as well, but only just. I reckon it's going to be you less reckon, than a goal. You reckon West Perth are going to lose two in a row? I would think so, yes. Okay. Interesting. We'll I'll, see how it goes. You, you are shocked internally, aren't you? <laughs> internally? It's a funny. Yeah, I'm not that shocked. <laughs> Sorry, you I just am. lost me there a bit. I am. Uh, I'm not that shocked. Uh, East Fremantle are a good side at the moment. I just thought, you know, if I'm going for East Fremantle, I thought you'd go for West Perth. No, I'm, I'm going to go West okay, Fremantle. But uh, <laughs> make, make no mistake about it, it's going to go down to the wire. Yeah, fair enough. Unlike this game, I'm afraid, West Coast and Perth at uh, Mineral Resources Park on Saturday, the, the school of conscience, school of thought rather, around the Waffle, around the Waffle fans would yeah. be, how much Perth, given how many injuries that uh, the Eagles have suffered. But you've got to be impressed with Perth after last week's performance. They kept right with East Fremantle yeah. up until the last five minutes, even though they started poorly in the first quarter. Well, and, and I, when we were talking to Milan before, us, you know, they played a great second quarter um, against the Sharks, did Perth. So I, I'm just looking at this stat that we've got here, Paul. Um, the West Coast Eagles could become the... Uh, the, the next team in the waffle competition to lose four games over a hundred, and it hasn't happened since Pure Thunder did it in 1997. Good lord! And uh, I'll be honest with you, if they weren't taking on Perth, if they were taking on a South Fremantle, or they were taking on a West Perth, or one of those a Subiaco, whatever the situation is, I think they would probably be facing that fact uh, that they will lose by a hundred. I don't know if they'll lose by a hundred against Perth. 
But, you know, it's always a chance. We've almost got to have a little standalone podcast about talking about the Perth situation. We spoke to Will about it, obviously, on Tuesday. But, you know, they they are in a bit of trouble at the moment. And if they do lose this game by over 100 points, some serious questions have to be asked. Oh, yeah. And it'll be all over the uh, the mainstream media and uh, various podcasts like this one about how the West Coast Eagles can solve their troubles. And Scoey mentioned it so well. It's a West Coast Eagles problem, but also a WAFL problem as well on equal sides of the coin. Well, look at this. Disposers, they rank 10 at the moment. Marks, they rank 10. Tackles, they rank 3. They just don't have the ball, so the tackle count's going to be high. Hitouts, they rank number 6, but points against their number 10, obviously, that makes sense. Points for their ninth. Nine. And then also inside 50s per goal, their ninth as well. So, you know, they are... And, and, I reckon questions will be asked. I heard uh, Cam Britt, the CEO at South Fremantle, he was on radio the other day. I was listening to that uh, interview with interest and he said the same thing. You know, questions have got to be asked about how the Football Commission along with the West Coast Eagles make this work. They've got to... um, I know that a, a, a CEO of another club's not going to come forward and say we need to lift restrictions, we need to do all this kind of stuff for them to be on a level even playing field. But something like that has to be done in order for the Eagles to be competitive. And that really puts the game that they've got against Perth into... You know, secondary thought, not in a but, bad way, but because there's so much talk over the Eagles, especially when you've got a good Perth side yeah. that is aching for a victory, and you know it's not being talked about in the first but, thought. You know, the other thing at the moment is—is is they're basically a reserve side. Yes. They've got some great players in there, but what happens if come the end of the season, a West Perth are playing the West Coast Eagles and they want to rest some players? So four of their you know top twenty-two sit out of this game, and they only win it by thirty points. But at the start of the year, a South Fremantle smashed them by 100. It well, just stuffs did the up same the... thing by 169. Exactly, but it stuffs up the percentage as well. It does. It's just something needs to be done. Yeah, but with that in mind, the game itself, I think it's going to be Perth, but it won't be by over 100 points. Nah, I think probably 60 or 70, I think, Perth yeah, Demons. That'll be a more reasonable one, margin. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add in a little extra. Sam Stubbs got back into form three goals from nine kicks against these from out of last yep. weekend, he'll kick a bag. Yeah, and they were they played really good footy last weekend, Perth. So I expect them to win this game pretty comfortably. Just can't see the 100 points. But if it happens, you know, good on them. South Fremantle and Subiaco is next up at Leadable Oval. This is at 2.40 on Saturday, and it's live on Channel 7. This one is danger for South Fremantle after they lost to Swan District. Subiaco, they are roaring back into contention. It is. And if South Fremantle can't get the win in this one, it just makes it that much harder, doesn't it? They've obviously got, you know, East Perth this weekend. The following weekend they have, just quickly loaded up on my screen, they've got uh, Perth. Perth. Winnable game for them. They've got the Derby coming up soon, which is going to be a tough game as well. So they've really got to get the win against uh, their side, their competition this weekend. Then they've got Claremont in a couple of weeks' time tough as well. Tough month of footy. So they've got a really tough month, ahead, uh, tough month ahead of them. This game against Subiaco is a winnable game for them. The only hard thing about it is that they do have to travel for it. They do have to go to Leadville Oval. The, the loss last weekend to Swans would have hurt them. They probably would have thought that they would have won that one at home. Uh, but, you know, South Fremantle have won the last two times that they've played Subiaco, so they, they know how to beat them. Hopefully they can get the win this weekend. Well, if they'd kicked straight South Fremantle, they would have won that game in that third quarter. Yeah. I was there at Fremantle Oval. They had one goal, five in the third quarter when they had more chances at goal compared to Swans back in uh, that game in round four. And they've got the players to do it. Yeah. I mean, they had Archie, who uses the football yeah, so Brennan. well, so yep. too Bletchenden and Dragovic. It was just the forward line that didn't function at all. And when you're coming up against a strong Subiaco back line, led by Colton Tholstrup, yeah. who's been in the eyes of many recruiters over the last couple of weeks, that's going to present more problems. And then the other 
other thing is Subiaco as well. Of course, their midfield just humming along at the moment. Oh, dynamite. Especially when you've got Zach Clark in there and AFL Ruckman, who's getting over 40 hit-outs to, uh, you know, per four, game. 41 hit-outs and, so, and four votes too last yeah, weekend. Yeah, exactly right. So you've got to work out a way to try and stop him as well. For me in this one, Paul, Subiaco for me. Subiaco, same, by about five goals. And uh, it'll bring South Fremantle's season to even more trouble, yep. I'd have to say. But uh, what about this one? Sunday from 210 Lane Group Stadium. This one, too, is very hard to pick. Peel Thunder and Swan Districts. In fact, they've met 61 times. Yep. And Peel Thunder have won only 16. So Swans have had the wood on them throughout their history. Yeah, I thought the Swans coming into the season were, were, were going to be in my top five. I still think they are going to be there. Obviously, tough start to the season, losing those couple of games. I've obviously beaten now South Fremantle, who are a very good team in this competition. Peel Thunder, it is so hard to tip, tip against them sometimes when they've got some of that AFL talent in. They dropped the game two weeks ago. They got the win last weekend, so they are in a bit of form as well. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a really fascinating game down there in Manja. Really looking forward to this one too. Um, Peel Thunder, I, I like this stat that you've put in here, Paul. Peel Thunder have only won 16 of their 61 games against exactly. the Swan Districts, That's like right. you said before. So, you know, obviously struggled, but I think Peel Thunder against most sides in the waffle have the advantage over Peel Thunder as well when it comes to that. Uh, but Peel Thunder have won the last four of the five games against the Swans. Including last year when uh, the winner would basically take fifth spot. Exactly right. So in this one for me, it's, it is a really tough game to pick. Peel Thunder at home. But just for me... I just think the Swans, the last start, that that sorry, the bad start to the start of their season for them. I really just think that they, after the win against South Fremantle, I think they're going to rally around again. Another away win for them. I think that's how the weekend's going to finish. Well, that win at, at uh, Fremantle over Lorikin has rejuvenated their yeah. season, and I'm going to agree with you on that tip. Swan Districts for me, especially with you've got Palmer firing up forward with four goals. He's going to be one to watch out for, as well as Christopher Jones in mm. tandem, seven goals between them. But that Peel Thunder forward line has to keep their eyes on our top gun. For from round four, Jarvis Pina. Yeah. Just the way he created opportunities from the back line and moves the ball so well across the flanks of half back, just outstanding. If they can't contain Pina, then the Swans, they'll just be going coast to coast every day of the week. Yeah, well, it'll be a fascinating game. Obviously, try and get down there if you're a manager. I love I love heading down to oh, it's great. Uh, down to Peel Thunder watching their home games. But yeah, it'll be a fantastic game, I reckon. Uh yeah. But I, I just think the Swans will be too good. Yeah, Swans for me as well. Can't wait for the round. It's going to be an absolute cracker, TC. Uh, I can't wait to see you on the weekend. Uh, hopefully at the Wacker. Yep, down at Shark... Oh, I was going to say Shark Park, but... We could call um, it Shark Park for the moment. The Interim Shark Park. <laughs> <laughs> the Interim Shark Park. That's a nice new title. I'll see you on the weekend, mate, and I'll see you on Tuesday. See you then. Thanks you, thank you to all our listeners and our viewers for tuning in to another great edition of Around the Waffle. Get down to your local WAFL game and support your team. It's been an exciting season, and let's keep it going. You can like us on our socials. We have got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a big thumbs up. We really appreciate it. Make sure you tune in on Tuesday where we review all the action from an exciting round of Waffle Footy. We'll see you next time. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.